0: Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze and interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. This is Erin, this time not in the heart of San Francisco, in the heart of Mill Valley, which is just over the Golden Gate Bridge. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can also find us at bff.fm every Monday from 530 to 6 a.m. We are at the Mill Valley Film Festival at the Mind the Gap Summit. This is our second season, I guess, doing this, and uh, I got to host a fun panel with some ladies from Pixar, they're from the Spark Shorts program, and I had uh, Kristen Lester and Rosie Sullivan, who are filmmakers that are a part of that program. Kristen directed uh, the short Pearl and Rosie directed the short Kit Bull. Uh, We also had the Spark Shorts producer, Lindsay Collins. You can find these animated shorts on their YouTube page. They are free, they are accessible, they are so sweet, and I really love these women. Um, So please enjoy the panel and we'll come back at the end. Welcome to Mind the Gap. Um, Thank you to Zoe and Susan for having me back on. I'm from the Bitch Talk podcast. I'm the host, creator, and producer, and I'm so happy the other panel said bitch like four times. So it was the segue into this panel with all of these lovely ladies. So I'm gonna start with facts, and um, wanted to give you some information from the Creative Artists Agency study of films from 2014 to 2017. The top movies from 2014 to 2017 starring women earned more than male led films, whether they were made for less than 10 million or for 100 million or more. Yes, let it sink in. <laughs> this demonstrates that women themed films are very successful. We just need more. So we are sitting here. Um, well, we're going to talk about the Spark, Short- Spark Shorts program first. Pixar has unveiled a new Spark Shorts program designed to discover new storytellers, explore new storytelling techniques, provide an opportunity to unlock the potential of individual artists and in their inventive filmmaking approaches on a smaller scale. So I'm introducing um, filmmakers Kristen Lester, director of Parole, Hello. and Rosanna Sullivan, director of KitBull, and Sparks Shorts producer Lindsay Collins. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Loved both of those films, by the way. Can't wait to talk about it. A lot of crying. Uh, (laughs) My first question is for Lindsay. Can you tell us more about the Spark Shorts program? What was the impetus for the program? How does the program work? And how are filmmakers selected? Oh, my gosh. Yes, (laughs) I can answer that. Um, So Spark Shorts kind
1: of came out of the fact that for, certainly in animation, our process takes forever. Um, A standard feature takes anywhere from four to six years. To make, and as a result, it was becoming increasingly a difficult to get new people into into the development process because by the time, you know, it took you had to work there for like 10 years, and then you would maybe get the shot to start getting into development to develop a feature. Um, and in addition to that, we got to, we've gotten to this point where all of our films are you know, over $200 million in terms of tentpole features. And as a result, it kind of started to feel like, man, we are taking no risks um, as a studio. And I, and I mean that not that our films aren't great, but that, man, th- everybody's invested in that one person's success and that one film's success, because we have to be. That's like everything is pinned on that. So the conversation started from a place of, how do we take risks um, in a, in an environment where... You know, somebody said to me, like, you know, it's one thing for a studio to take risks when they've got nothing to lose. But when you have all the marbles, the real, the really great studios, that's when they take the most risk. So it was trying to introduce that aspect again. And then also trying to figure out a way to kind of almost do an end run to get new voices into on the screen, get their stories on the screen. And so that started the conversation. And um, from that, we kind of came up with some basic rules, which was... Um, when we do this, we're going to make it really fast. They have six months. They have That's crazy. a tiny little budget. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's all relative, but uh, for us, a tiny little budget. Mm-hmm. And um, that it was going to be um, half female and half male directors. So we make, we're trying to make two a year. And by definition, we just start from a place of like, okay, we're, we were picking a female director and we're picking a male director. And then we we also look at the leadership across the, across the uh, film and also make sure that we're trying to get new voices, new perspectives on the team. And they were, um, I guess Pearl was our second one. Kristen was our second Spark Short. And um, as of the end of this year, we will have completed eight in three years. All kind of, if you add them all up, they were probably totaled, cost of one of our theatrical shorts and we will have given the opportunity to eight different filmmakers at the end of it so
0: that's fantastic yeah. yeah yeah that's awesome Love for that <laughs> yeah. Thank um, you, Lindsay. rosie can you tell us about your film kit bowl and what gave you the idea for the story, because I, I read that all the Spark Shorts films were very um, personal stories for all the filmmakers, so.
2: Um, yeah, so Kit Bull started actually as a, a story that I was working on in my own free time way before the Spark Shorts program for a few years, and um, ultimately it's about a, a kitten and a pit bull that become friends, um, and uh, adorableness and more story ensues, but yeah. Um, Based in San Francisco. Based in San Francisco in the Mission District. And it it initially just came from me wanting to have fun. So I drew this little kitten doing cat-like things. And um, it became more of like a a story that resonated with my own experience uh, growing up in San Francisco and and in the Mission for a little bit, but also uh, something that touched on my personal interest in animal welfare because I initially wanted to be a veterinarian before I became an artist. So it's just sort of like a a hybrid of my love for animals, uh, my own personal experience, and uh, wanting to also celebrate 2D animation, which is my personal, um, one of my personal favorite forms of animation. It's Pixar's first ever entirely 2D short.
0: Oh, that we've wow. ever made.
2: So yeah. yeah, it was very
1: cool. So, yeah. I mean, I know it's old school, but then for <laughs> us, that felt like what we don't know how to do that. So yes,
2: yeah. exactly the whole way through. But yeah. we we muddled through somehow. Um, made a lot of people draw, including myself. Yeah, and,
0: I love the kitten. I love oh, it. I love thanks. the look of that. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, and Kristen, can you talk about Pearl as well? Um, Pearl
3: was sort of based on my experience uh, being a woman working in animation. Um, You know, I graduated from college and my college class kind of looked, uh, it was pretty gender balanced. It was about 50% 50 women, 50% men. And uh, I kind of expected that that's what the industry would look like going forward. And then, of course, I left school and immediately found out that that was not the case. Uh, For a long time when I was working, I was the only woman in a room of men, basically. And uh, I found myself sort of over this, I don't want to say how old I am, (laughs) but <laughs> okay. uh, over my, okay. over my, over my career, I basically, uh, so infrequently worked with women that I sort of, uh, changed myself to align myself with the men that I worked with. And, uh, I really didn't understand sort of how much of that, how much of the feminine side of myself I'd sort of pushed aside and kind of gotten rid of until I came to Pixar and started working with women for the first time. And I had this huge aha moment, which is just that, you know, uh, It was something that would continue in perpetuity, this like women making themselves into men in order to be accepted, to do the thing that they loved. And uh, uh, I sort of had this epiphany. And right as I had that epiphany, Lindsay asked me to make a Spark short. And so I was like, all right, I want to make a short about that and that experience. So that's where it came from. TIMING. Yeah, timing.
0: (laughs) It was fantastic. Um, So these are for the filmmakers. Um, Much has been discussed about the female gaze. How would you define and describe it? And what does it mean to you? Do
2: you want to go first? Sure. Um, if I'm just thinking of myself as a female and gazing, um, and <laughs> yeah, therefore exactly, uh, what does my that look like? Point of view, I guess. Um, I think is it's it was essential for me to to just have that in my short because, um, you know, the the for those who may have been familiar with the short, there's a, a you know the two animals are stray and they end up being rescued by someone at the end and. I always saw myself in that person who wanted to rescue the animals, and so I I made that person a woman, um, and a woman of mixed uh, ethnicity, Mm -hmm. um, So I just wanted that to kind of represent my own experience. So I think um, if I didn't have that just kind of naturally baked in, it probably wouldn't have come to me as just sort of naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess, ultimately, just having that representation just kind of naturally come out in our content Comes from being female. Yeah, I agree with that. I think um, from my own perspective, there
3: uh, at some point, if anybody has watched the short, at some point in the making of the short, uh, you know, it's about a ball of yarn that wants to be accepted by a group of men. And we were in um, like a we have these things called brain trust sessions where we show sort of a rough cut of the film to uh, to our colleagues so we can get their feedback and what we can improve on and. Uh, Somebody had suggested that Pearl sort of solve the uh, in order to be accepted, solved the sort of office workplace problems with her yarniness, whatever that meant. <laughs> and uh, from my perspective, I actually felt like I had seen that in film so much, which is that a woman uh, sort of earning her right to be there by being smarter than the men that she works with, or more capable than the men that she works with. And I felt I felt really bad for this person, but I was like, I don't want to do that because that's like a trope and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that that really came from sort of what Rosie was talking about, which is like uh, the inherent sort of uh, female perspective that comes from female filmmakers. Female filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Who knew that? It was hard to say. <laughs> um, and so I think that's really what the female gaze is really about is just sort of uh, connecting with characters uh, in a, in a deeper way from your own experience, which sort of prevents the sort of, you know, tropiness that we see
2: in a lot of films that don't have the female gaze.
0: Did you have something else to add, Rosie? Oh,
2: no, I was just going to add a pun there, and it it was not funny, so I stopped. (laughs) I'm all about the puns. I I know, I like puns puns too.
0: (laughs) Um, And how do you think the female gaze changes the tone of the film, if at all? Um, I mean,
3: again, I... Trying to think of tone as as sort of more like inherent to the filmmaker. Uh, The biggest thing that I see as far as female gaze is concerned is just uh, women being centrally involved in the story, women uh, being fully fleshed out characters, characters who aren't archetypes, who aren't tropes, who are messy and dirty and broken and all sorts of stuff like that. So I think that that sort of female perspective is probably the thing that I think has changed those characters the most.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree as well, and and also, I wasn't thinking because my the content of my short was not very gender specific. Um, I wasn't thinking about my gender or the female gaze uh, consciously, but at the time I had, you know, a, a very young son. I had just given birth like six months before I started making that film, and so I, I had this level of like, okay, I'm making this film, and there's a dark subject matter in it. And is this something I would want my son to watch? So, I guess that level of, I don't know if it's necessarily female, but um, of just like an awareness of something beyond just myself. And and I guess if this were more gender specific tone, I'd also be thinking, is this something that I would be proud to show like fellow women? Um, So, I guess just having that awareness um, that there is. There's a whole other audience out there beyond just like an anonymous audience. There's an audience of children. There's an audience of women that we're speaking to. Um, I could see that being relevant to the female gaze.
1: I would say one thing that was interesting watching Kristen make the film is that there was a moment, she had so many moments in the film, and as as is true with most of the films, they're much longer initially, and you end up kind of cutting stuff to get it to the kind of essence of what it needs to be. But there was a couple moments where I think you second-guessed the boldness of (laughs) some of the, of the moments and the choices that you were making. And it had been in there from the beginning, got the biggest laughs. Like it was some of the best moments in the, in the short. And then you had a whole cut where kind of all of that was almost gone. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was at the time you're like, I don't know. I mean, and, and, and it was, and it was so, I think it's really impressive that these, both of these women have surrounded themselves with other female, you know, story artists and filmmakers that they respect that are the ones that are pushing them to be kind of more true to themselves, like not to kind of sanitize it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if, and I think it's even, we don't even think about it, you know what I mean? It's just, it's that like subconscious, like, oh, I don't know, it seems like a bit much. Even as we do the character, you know, you're like, oh, ah, yeah. that's kind of, are we going to like her if she yeah. is that way? And you're like, who cares? Is that ever something that a guy asks? like, <laughs> Are we going <laughs> to like him if he pukes? Yeah, totally.
3: Totally, yeah. <laughs> yarn. The first you know? drawing, the yeah. first drawing I ever did of Pearl, or one of the first drawings was uh, I drew like a design of her as like a little round ball, and she was super cute. And then right next to it, I drew like a drawing of her with like a bottle of like whiskey, and she was all like melted and like ah.
2: It yeah. Sounds familiar. And I remember
3: there <laughs> was literally, I
1: think, a scene in there <laughs> which I was like, oh, it was one of my favorite. Where like she puked in the bathroom, I think, or something, and then coming out of the bathroom, stepped on her. S- her own yarn yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. and the bottom of her foot. And so it was like walking out and like unraveling herself yeah, yeah. as she walked out of the bathroom. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. yes.
3: But I took, you know, I had all this stuff and you know, for Pixar it's like, well, I don't know. Is this what we do here? Uh, and I remember drink I, whiskey? Drink or, whiskey and yeah. get drunk and make a mess of ourselves. And yell ass. And yell I mean, that was the first and, for Pixar. You know, you know? I, uh, I showed, I was in uh, sort of the main room of our, of our building and I was showing these drawings to, uh, to my producer and she started laughing and there was um, a story artist there who is a, is a friend of mine and he was like, you see that? You see that? Like, don't give this up. That is what you're looking for and so he, Lindsay's right, it was, I was very lucky that Every time I kind of came to the point where I was kind of like, well, I don't know if I can do this. I always, there was always somebody there to be like, yes, you can. You can say ass. You can barf. You can do this. You can
2: do that. <laughs> and you have done it in real life. Um, and I yeah. have done it in That's real fair. life. And
3: so <laughs> it was really funny at the end. Coming of, to Disney Plus this Coming to Disney Plus, fall, yeah. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> at the end of all of this, yeah. you know, we screened the short and somebody came up to me and said like, oh, I'm, I'm so grateful to watch this and see you in it. And my thought was like, whoa, so fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. <laughs>
3: um, but man, what a what a gift.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna switch gears just a little bit. Um, can all of you talk about what films, women filmmakers, and/or film characters have inspired you, and talk through that a little bit? Lindsay. Oh, geez, why would you make me go? <laughs> I'm like, these are like my. I'm like, oh,
1: um, this is why I should have read the questions in advance. Um, I don't know. I was just sitting here. I have to say, I, I read the script for Booksmart. Um, I don't know, three years ago or something, because we were looking at that uh, writers for as as potential writers, and um, and it honestly was like one of the funniest scripts I have ever. I I was laughing out loud, and my son kind of came over and was like, "What are you reading?" I'm like, "Nothing." (laughs) Like I like was like he he was like ten, so I was like, "Ah, nothing," because the script was about as raunchy as the movie is, and um, and I was so. I've been watching actually movies again with my kids, because I think when you're a kid and you're growing up and you're watching it, you don't really kind of you're not super conscious. And so I, I pay much more attention to the things that they respond to right now. And I'm always like, why are they like laughing at this movie? And it's been so interesting, like strong female comedians to me, I tell you, I mean, I find myself instantly, you kind of the minute I saw my daughter laugh, and I started kind of taking her down this path of watching funny lead character movies that she... I mean, we, we started watching... Then we started watching Alias with Jennifer. We went through that whole thing again. And I was like, yeah, this was awesome. <laughs> and and I started to realize there are some pretty, like, s- like, seminal kind of moments as I think back where watching a, a strong female on screen that wasn't... It wasn't a love story. They were, like, literally making me laugh hard or were complete badasses in the movie. And I was like that just to watch my kids all of a sudden engage in ways that they hadn't before it's almost that thing where we we're the generation that's like yeah i mean it it didn't really occur to us that that was a rare thing and this generation i feel like is like why are there not more of those like they're instantly like i don't understand why is it why is it a, a weird thing to have a female led cast or um, so, which I love. I love that they're like, this is bizarre. I don't even understand why they wouldn't do that. So for me, it's just the fact that they're watching movies that are captivating them or characters that they are looking up to and seeing themselves in. And I, my son, too. I mean, he's 15 and he's watching, you know, all these things. And it's and it's occurring to him slowly that, like, there's all these movies that have these strong, strong men, like all the, you know, typical you know, superheroes, all those movies, and then finally when you throw one in that's got a female superhero, it's like, it feels really different and fresh, and all of a sudden my daughters, who you can't get to sit down and watch a movie, all of a sudden are kind of slowly making themselves over to the couch and sit down, and they start watching it, and it's like, it's a big deal as a parent to watch that.
0: Did your son get to see Book Smart yet? Um, no. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just thought But I, I, He probably it. has, actually, and hasn't told me. Right.
0: He's like, I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, no,
1: I, I, he should
2: see it. It's really good. so yeah. good. Rosie? Um, that's, that's such a multi-layered, large question that I am just going to answer with um, what just popped in my head just now, uh, is I remember as a little kid, watch, I, my love of filmmaking and movie watching came through watching it with my mom uh, when I was really young, because she is like a movie buff. Um, she was a harsh critic on my short, too, but <laughs> when I was making it. Daniel. She's probably yeah.
0: stoked you're at Pixar, though.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, she she always asks, how much are you making? Um, she's oh, Asian, so oh, she, oh, that's yes, number one yes. question. We like, get that ask question a money. lot, yes. Yeah, how, how much yeah. did you make with that promotion? Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> but I remember one of her favorite movies, and she bought all the merchandise around it, was Gone with the Wind. And that was a movie that, you know, as a kid, you're like, okay, this is a long, boring movie. <laughs> but when you get older, you realize, wow, that protagonist is really interesting and kind of messed up uh, <laughs> the way she treats other people and just growing up realizing you know as you watch all these movies and I watched a lot of Disney movies growing up and someone even once said oh you're part of the tainted generation that watched the, <laughs> the 90s movies that had female protagonists that all their stories revolved around men um, Beauty and the Beast the Little Mermaid all that but I loved those movies mm-hmm. um, because these were uh, kind of interesting characters at the same time but I remember Gone with the Wind, Scarlett O'Hara—like how complex they had written that character, even at a time when women were probably still very much repressed—just um, really resonated with me as I got older. Like I, I would love to see more characters like that who go through big epic journeys, but aren't necessarily badass at first or or perfect, or perfect mm-hmm. and maybe even terrible people throughout a good chunk of it.
0: Human, human, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, I've always been a big
3: fan of, strangely, of Nora Ephron. Uh, When I was growing up, I like, uh, I remember watching When Harry Met Sally. And I like, I love the idea that like Sally is this like neurotic, like just complete mess. Um, But the thing that I really loved about Nora is I always felt like she was reaching for like a truth, a truth about relationships that wasn't on screen, I think. Like, well, I don't remember watching. Uh, A truth about relationships between men and women. Um, and then after, after I watched that, I got really into like reading her writing and stuff like that. And she was always really, I don't know, she's really inspirational. Like, uh, you know, I, I still hold that like she wrote this thing where she was like, never serve fish at a dinner party. And I'm like, yes, that's absolutely true. <laughs> Cause people are hungry like 10 minutes later. <laughs> um, so she's been a big influence on me. And then the other one is, uh, recently, uh, we, my uh, boyfriend and I have been watching a lot of the Criterion Collection. He's your fiancé now. Fiancé, sorry. Fiancé. Oh, it's hard to say that it's, word. It's just it's so, so fancy. Weird. It's yeah. a fancy word. Just yeah. fiancé. Um, uh, and so we've been watching a lot of, uh, the Criterion Collection has a great sort of uh, thing of just of female filmmakers. And so uh, Kelly Reichardt is one that we've been watching who's awesome. She did a movie called Meek's Cutoff uh, and Wendy and Lucy, which is really great. Uh, um, White Material, I can't remember the name of the woman, Claire Denis, Claire Denis, which is also a great movie. Not a big fan of High Life, but White Material is very good. Uh, and so it's been awesome just going on this like, journey of discovering not just Nora, but like, all these other amazing female filmmakers who've been really inspirational.
0: So I noticed we have three minutes left, so I'm going to go to the last two questions, if that's okay. Um, we have many students and aspiring emerging filmmakers in the audience. What general advice... And guidance would you give them as they pursue their careers in film?
3: I guess mine would be probably, um, don't be afraid of your own voice. Uh, you know, I think being sort of, the great thing about being uh, asked to direct the Spark Project, it was, it was the first time that I was kind of like, what is my voice? And what do I want to say? And how do I want to say it? And definitely along the way, I mean, Lindsay said it, that there's lots of times where you second guess yourself or you're like, well, I don't know if I can do this or I don't know if I should say this. And I think uh, I didn't realize that that was a muscle that I needed to develop and I needed to work on. And so I think that's a really good one for students is just don't be afraid of saying something the way that you want to say it and see what kind of reaction you get.
2: Um, For me, it was, uh, I would say, if I were to go back to my little self in art school, um, I would say, Lean on the people and make those connections and really be curious about other people um, and opportunities. And, um, you know, try if you want to go into film, try every role that you can like editing, acting, directing, uh, photography. Because the more comprehensive um, feel you have for what goes into actually making a film, I feel like the more you appreciate those people that you'll end up asking to do. Very long hours for you <laughs> once you start directing your own short and um, and I feel like probably the, the best experience for me from this from making this short was getting to work on with really interesting people who oftentimes had great ideas that i wouldn 't have been able to come up with on my own, so um, the more you can just put yourself out of your comfort zone socially and form those relationships, I think that's going to help birth this film. <laughs>
1: Uh, Mine, I guess, is um, what's been successful for me is just to be um, kind of don't let the job description define what you're doing. Like just if you're if you're I have this thing with Pixar, which is like I sometimes I question it and then I come back around to believing that it's actually true, which is like if it's great, we, we won't be able to help ourselves. We'll have to make it. So if it's a good idea, if it's a great idea, if it's something worth making, and you just kind of keep at it, ultimately a great story, you can talk in theoreticals all you want, but ultimately a great pitch, a great story, a great idea, people, first of all, surround yourself with people where that is true, where they were like, okay, even if there's a list of cons of this, like six miles long, if if I lean in and I want to see that story, I can't help myself, I'll figure out how we're going to help you make it. Um, surround yourself with people like that that are optimistic in that way, like just, I don't know, we're going to figure it out. And then also just believe that in the absence of actually, you can sit here and debate it eight ways and go like, well, I don't know how much is it going to cost and then give them something tangible, show something that's like gives you just a glimpse of what this movie is or what the idea is or what the, what the potential is and people can't help themselves. Believe that the people around you will not be able to stop themselves from wanting to make that movie.
0: and that's a wrap we are out of time that's so great thank you so much (laughs) thank you that was uh, yours truly hosting a panel in front of a lot of ladies at the Sweetwater Music Hall yes Um, short story when I was growing up in high school way back when there was a, I think it was Sweet River Saloon mm-hmm. at the mall that I worked at and that, like, all the cool guys and cool ladies worked at as uh, servers, which now looking back at it, I should have learned that skill. Um, but anyways, I get the two confused, so. I always get it confused with, because uh, I'm a you know, audio nerd. Yes. Is uh,
4: su- the Sweetwater Music Catalog. Yes. You
0: oh, get to, yeah. You oh, get to order, there's that
4: too. You get to order all that kind of, all the gear and the yes. microphones. so every. Actually, every time I have to Google that or vice versa, right? That's what those are the things that come
0: that on. you think of. <laughs> yes. You don't think of Sweet River Saloon in Pleasanton, California. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I hosted a panel. It was fantastic. But it was, it's it's another nice uh, historic venue to add
4: to our resume of true places that we've worked with.
0: Yeah, uh, I like that space. I haven't been there in a minute, and I'm embarrassed. And uh, I, it's just a really sweet little space. Mm. And there's a lot of great uh, musicians, comedians right. that work in that space. So if you live in the Bay Area, you live in the North Bay, you live in San Francisco, it's a pretty easy commute. Yeah, And Mill Valley so, a so charming. Of, yeah,
4: a lot of big big names will go through there yeah. and do. Like, you know, like it's just... It's just a nice little, like, you know, venue that's, you know, like a treasured, a little yes. treasure chest. Treasured,
0: charming little. And their food looked really good. I didn't have it, but it looked delicious. Yeah. The
4: the, the sound guy, because I was, you know, hanging out back. Yeah. And, you know, like that guy stuck there all day, so they fed him. Oh, and they're the like, that looks it. delicious. Just, you know, when you haven't had, when you haven't eaten all day, and then you're. Yeah. I was like, oh, that
0: does look I delicious. ate, I had a banana that helped <laughs> out. Banana and a lot of coffee. I had
4: coffee and a Luna bar.
0: Oh, there you go. Um, so I just got to talk to Kristen Lester, the director of Pearl, Rosie Sullivan, director of Kitbull, and then the Spark Shorts producer, Lindsay Collins. That was fun, and they were really great and easy, thank goodness. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I'd never met them before, <laughs> so we met on stage. And those sh- shorts were awesome. Did you end up watching them? I did. I watched them this morning.
4: I, oh. I was able to watch them right yeah. before I took off for the morning. And very different. Yes.
0: You know, when they send you the email and they send you the links, they're like, make sure you watch those before you come in. Okay. And I wasn't expecting what I saw. And I was really um, delighted in both of those shorts and that women directed those. And the Spark Shorts program, I guess if you're at Pixar, that is the thing to do. Although you only have six months, it sounds like, from start to finish, to finish your um, animation. And uh, you have a budget. I don't know how big their budget is. I didn't say Um, But normally, a Pixar film takes four to six years. Yeah. So these ladies are working it. (laughs) They are hustling. Lightning speed. And the nice part about the Sparks Shorts program is that um, they're truly personal stories um, by these filmmakers. So um, I thought that was really sweet. And I loved both um, films because I can relate to both stories. But of course, you know, when you got animals in there, I'm sitting there crying in like one minute. Jeff and I are watching it, we're like <laughs> Well that and,
4: and and Pearl, a ball of yarn working It was working at Bro Capital.
0: Yeah, I was like, Yeah, I feel you, girl. i feel you. And I love that she knits her own little suit. I mean, anyways, it's so fucking cute. I loved it. Um but all day has been great. Uh I mean, stellar panels all the way around, Jennifer Siebel Newsom really was here really good panels uh, Good friend of the show Olivia Wilde right uh, sat on a pa- panel before us. Uh, you will be hearing from uh, a woman named Emily Best, who is probably our new best friend of the show. You know, she's no big deal, but she's the CEO and founder of Seed&Spark. We got to snag her. I, actually, I texted Shar uh, while we were there, and she was sitting on one of the last the last panel? Yes, the last panel. The last panel, I was uh, texting Shar, and I'm like, I am going to tackle her as soon as she gets off stage. She's and fantastic. And that you did. I sure did. <laughs> we'll get into that next time. Yeah, we'll get into that the next episode. Anyways, it's been a fantastic day at Mind the Gap Summit. We're, again, so honored and proud to be here and to host a panel. Um, we missed our friend Angela, but she'll be back next year. And We hope. We, she better be. God damn it. <laughs> I'll give her her month off. Uh <laughs> But, anyways, uh, thank you, Mill Valley Film Festival. Thank you, Zoe, Elton, the director of programming for Mill Valley. And you can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can find us every Monday from 5.30 to 6 a.m. on BFF.fm. We are powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch, please.